Good to be here. We had a great night last night, and uh, we've got a full day of activity, so it'll be spread out all day long. I'm looking forward to everything that's going to be happening today. Um, we've been working hard this year to provide, as uh, best we could, a what we would consider a holiday season. Christmas time in a church is a very busy time. It's a very happy time. And we sing different songs than we usually sing the rest of the year. And some people say it's the most wonderful time of the year. The only problem I have with it is the temperature, but other than that, it's pretty good. And so this year, we wanted to make this as normal as possible because we just really believe that people need hope. We've had eight or nine months of nothing but sad news, bad news, fear, and we just don't believe that's coming from God. We believe that we go through troubles, we go through problems, and there are difficulties. But ladies and gentlemen, we have a Messiah. And we have a God who's bigger than all of it. And he has given us his word. He's given us his mandate. And we will, by our best ability, obey what he's given us to do and honor his name and I want to say that my church, I want to say I'm proud of you guys. I'm proud of every ministry that has taken place this month. I'm proud of what's going to happen tonight. If you uh, haven't seen this play, this is going to be a lot of fun and a great message as well. I can't wait to, to be here later on today at 6 o'clock. And I want to thank you all of you for doing what you've done this year. Eastland Life Church, in the middle of all that's gone on in this year, we're we found out yesterday one in five churches are closing in America due to the shutdowns and the pandemic. And while my purpose is not to berate what someone else has done or thought of, I want to brag on what God has done right here because God has kept us open and we have, we're going to baptize one or two persons next Saturday night, we're going to end the year baptizing people, which is going to put us well over 20 people for the year in the middle of all of this. And I thank God for that. Amen. And, um, you know, you guys have uh, come in and worked hard this year. When the summertime came or the spring and we really didn't know what was happening, many of you got together and we sent out sunshine boxes. They even made it to Tennessee, didn't they? Amen. And just say things to people that, you know, Jesus Christ is still on the throne. You know, I'm not in the place of God. I don't know when my day of death is going to be. And, and the idea is we're going to go through trouble. We're going to go through sickness. We're going to go through sorrows. That's part of it. But Jesus has already gone through those doors. Jesus has entered into death, and he's come back. And Jesus says, he that lives and believes on me shall never die. So we are those who belong to Jesus. We are those who are already alive from the dead. So what shall we fear? Who shall we fear? So today, I just want to testify and thank God for the opportunity to be here this Sunday morning. I want to also thank Pastor Blake for the good work he's done this month in preaching to us. He's given us things that we needed to hear and know. And I believe he's planning on preaching next week. Um, so we're going to end the year that way. Uh, looking forward to the new year, in January and February, we're going to be using the idea of spiritual warfare. 
It's about eight weeks, and we're going to talk to you about how to beat back darkness because what we've learned this year is that we are at war. We are at war with darkness, and the, the Apostle Paul talks about it in language that talks about a, an evil day, that we can be prepared for the evil day, and the evil day came upon our country in, two, in 2020, and so we got to get ready. You know, when you understand your position in Christ, your entire outlook is different because, ladies and gentlemen, we are winners today. We're not on the losing side. We're not those that are going to walk around uh, in, you know, beat back by the darkness. Jesus said, the gates of Hades will never prevail against my church, and I'm a part of that church. And so we want to learn how to take the sword of the Spirit and the shield of faith and operate that because one thing you've got to know is you've got to put this on every day. When you get up and start your day, you got to start your day with that kind of mindset. Jesus even taught us to pray that way. And Paul's going to teach us to pray in all things in the Spirit. And, and using those kind of weapons to beat back the darkness. When Jesus dealt with the devil, and the devil would come after Jesus, Jesus would put the Word of God on the enemy and he would run from him. Ladies and gentlemen, the enemy will run from you. If you learn how to operate using the Word of God. So we're going to do that. We're going to use also in our men's group, Tony Evans' uh, series on spiritual warfare. And we've got that purchased and ready to go. And that's going to be what we're going to be doing. By the way, men, tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, we're going to have our uh, last man church meeting of the year. And uh, to make it a special occasion, uh, our resident baker We'll make two desserts. I'm just going to throw it out there. Right, Bruce? <laughs> you know? Amen. So, um, you see, the thing about it is here, if you ever do something here, you get nominated to do it for the rest of the time. We don't ever forget it. Um, men, 6 o'clock tomorrow night. If you can be here, be here. We're going to uh, worship together. We're going to have some food together. And... Uh, it strengthen ourselves as we get ready to go through the rest of this year. Today I want to talk to you on a subject that I'm going to call the message. Because this is Christmas time, and I know some of you have gotten Christmas cards. Do they send those very much anymore? Anybody get any Christmas cards this year? Do you get some? Used to, starting about the first week of December, the mail would come, and there would be cards after cards after cards, but not very many anymore. I don't see as many as I used to see. But I know that on most of the cards, the phrase, peace on earth, is there. You ever see that? You ever see that uh, aligned with Christmas, peace on earth? You know, the nativity scenes, everything that we see about Christmas is peace on earth. Uh, any of you guys watch any of those Christmas uh, programs on Hallmark Channel? Anybody do that? Uh, anybody want to admit it? <laughs> Anybody's like, I'm not going to. There you go. Just on, me. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> You know, it's that woman that God gave me. That's who, that's who watches those. You know, the, the thing about it is they, they, they're all the same message. It's all happy times and peace on earth, and that's not bad. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a nice change from some of the other messages we get throughout all of, all of media. And everything in this time of year is that, you know, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. You all know where that comes from? You know where those ideas come from? They come straight from the Scripture. And what I want to do today is I want to focus in on the message of Christmas from the book of Luke. 
The book of Luke is something right now that God has given me to study, and I've been working through Luke. I think I'm about uh, chapter 14 right now, working through the entire book, and I'm taking my time, and I'm trying to notice things that Luke was trying to say to us and just really absorb the Word of God. And, and I want to encourage you to do that next year. Maybe in January 1st, you can decide to take one of the gospel books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and just start reading that. Now, don't, don't sit down and just skim through it, but stay there and focus on it and let the Lord speak to you. I have learned so much, and I've been preaching the Word of God for better than 30 years, and I have learned so much this year by slowing down and just absorbing what's in front of me. And so as we got ready to come into the Christmas weekend, I thought, let's talk about the events that surrounded Christmas from the book of Luke. So we're going to put some scripture on the board, and I'm going to give you three messages uh, concerning Christmas that we see, make an application, and then we're going to have communion together. So uh, let's get started today with message number one, and this is the message to a young virgin girl named Mary. We'll have it on the screen for you. This is Luke chapter number one. Beginning at verse 35, and I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible. The Bible says, The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month, for nothing will be impossible with God. Now, this was a message that you don't hear every day. Have you ever seen anyone to walk around, a, a young lady who is pregnant, who would say, I am pregnant, but I've never been with a man? You don't see that at all because it's only happened one time. Something else you don't see very often is a lady well past her childbearing age giving birth. And in this particular story, the angel says that two things are happening. Mary, your cousin Elizabeth, who has passed the childbearing age, is going to bear a son, and that's going to be done in the natural way, even though, naturally speaking, it can't be done. And then the angel comes uh, to the Virgin Mary and says, you've never been with a man, and you're engaged to Joseph, but you have not come together in that way. So Mary, you're going to have a son and your son's going to be born the supernatural way. So we've got God saying there's some miraculous things that's going to take place. And then he makes an astounding statement. He says, for nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible with God. You see, that's the God that we serve, ladies and gentlemen. And that's one of the reasons why I have been so amazed at some of the response in our country today, particularly amongst people who proclaim that they believe in Jesus Christ. I believe that in any church, any evangelic church I would go to this morning, and if I would ask those individuals there, do you believe in the virgin birth of Jesus Christ? And I believe most of them would say yes. I Probably some would say, I'm not really sure if that could happen. And outside of a miracle from God, of course it couldn't happen. But ladies and gentlemen, nothing will be impossible with God. If God can speak the planets into orbit, if God can speak uh, something into nothing, God can take a virgin lady and put a child into her womb. 
There's nothing that God Almighty can't do. And see, the important thing that I think today about this is, if I believe in a God who, that can impregnate a woman who had never been with a man, if I believe in a God that can take an older woman and bring a, a child to that union, then I believe that that same God can handle my life in 2020. I just think that because that's what the Word says. You see, what we're knowing today is that God has made a proclamation that nothing, I mean nothing, will be impossible with God. Have you ever thought stuff like that? Like, you know what, God, this is too big. God, this is too dangerous. God, this is too difficult. God, this is too hard. God, nothing can be done about this situation. Ladies and gentlemen, there has never been a situation that our God cannot handle. Nothing shall be impossible with God. And so the angel comes and makes this grand proclamation. And I want to submit to you today that if you read your Bible, if you read your Bible, you're going to find out there's a lot of proclamations given from the Bible. There are a lot of promises from God given to you and me. But here's the point. Mary had to believe. The Bible goes on to say, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You know what's going on? God comes in and says, I'm going to do some amazing things. I'm going to do things that you couldn't do on your own. The Bible says in another gospel book said that Mary pondered these things in her heart and she comes back to God and comes back to the angel and she says, let it be so. And when she uses the language of bond slave, she's not using language that says, let me do it my way. You see, a lot of people hear what God says and they say, you know what, God, I hear what you say, but it's not exactly the way that I want to do it. So, God, I'll kind of do it a little bit, do it, but, God, I can only do it this way because I've got to put some of my wisdom in. You see, Mary didn't have any chance to do any of that. It's either God's way or no way. And may I submit to you today, it is always God's way or no way. There's no other way. You see, if you say that you believe God, but yet you don't trust him to obey what he says. You're only kidding yourself. Adrian Rogers always said this. The things you believe are the things that you do. Everything else is religious talk. So what do you believe today? You look at 2020. You look at all of the fear that's going around. Jesus says do not fear. Did he put an addendum to that do not fear? When the Apostle Paul wrote that we should gather together as we're doing today to encourage one another, did he give any clause whereby we would say, well, that scripture's not applicable today? I don't think so. What I'm so proud of is the fact that we've been able to be here and encourage each other. I want you all to know how much I need you guys. Being with you guys every week encourages me. And ladies and gentlemen, as we go through difficulties, we need each other. God has given us the church to be those people to strengthen ourselves. Last night we had several situations. There's, there are, there's a lot of suffering in the world. A lot of us are going through very difficult times. Not everybody knows everything, everybody's situation, but suffice it to say this, we're all going through difficulties. And we had some folks here last night that are going through some very difficult times. And we spent 
probably a good hour after the service just spending time with people who needed the church to rally around them and pray for them. You cannot put a price tag on that. You see, when God makes a proclamation, we respond with faith, and faith is always active. So message number one to you and I today is this, nothing shall be impossible with God. Can you say that with me? Nothing shall be impossible with God. So the story moves on. This, I don't know if it was the same angel or not. I can't quite remember, and that's not important, but an angel of God goes to the shepherds. I mean, these guys are just doing their job. They have clocked in. They're busy doing what they know how to do. And the Bible says an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And, of course, if an angel of the Lord appears to you, what's going to happen? You're going to hit the dust. You see, the things of God are so much bigger than the things we're used to. And in every case, when an angel appears, whoever is seeing that vision is immediately afraid. And so the angel comes, and this is one way that you know that the message is from God. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. Somebody said there are 365 do not fears in the Bible, one for every day. You have the angel saying to the shepherds, don't be afraid. And so he goes on to say, before behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Why not be afraid? Because there's good news today. I hate bad news. Y'all hate bad news? And you know, some of us this year, that's all we've heard. It's like it was bad today, and it gets worse tomorrow, and if we make it to next Monday, it's even going to get worse then. I'm like, why in the world would Christian people open themselves up to all that? I mean, I need to know the events of our country and what's going on, and I am aware of those kind of things. But ladies and gentlemen, to just sit here and drink in negativity all day long, I mean, all I'm going to do is take that negativity, and I'm going to feel negative. And if I feel negative, I'm going to behave negative. And ladies and gentlemen, God says, do not, do not fear because I bring you good news of great joy. And the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so he goes on to say, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. <clears throat> this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Wow, these guys are just working. You see, God can come to you even in the middle of your work day. See, if you'll pay attention, you may not see the angels, but you'll see the hand of God because God's always at work around you. These angels are just working, and one day here's the angel, and now they're afraid, and the angel gives them a message that was just outstanding. The, the, the angel gives a message that they couldn't, even, they couldn't even imagine. They couldn't even have come up with. You, could, you couldn't make up this kind of story. And the angel says, I'm going to give you some great joy because in the city of David, there's been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, they understood something about that language because Israel had been waiting for centuries for the Messiah to show up. When the word Christ is used, it's a Greek word of which the same word is the Hebrew Messiah. We sang Jesus Messiah, which was prophesied in Genesis chapter 3 and moved all the way into the time of Israel. And Israel was constantly looking for the Messiah. And Israel had gone through 400 years, 400 years of silence. 
There was no revelation of God. They had gone all of this time and waiting and waiting and waiting. You know, if I got to wait 40 minutes, I think I've waited a long time. They waited 400 years for any sign, for anything, for anything to come from God. Wonder why God made them wait that long. You know what happened? They were under Roman oppression. And before it was the Romans, it was the Greeks. And before it was the Greeks, it was the Persians. And before it was the Persians, it was the Babylonians. And you know why Israel was under the oppression? Because they turned their back on God. See, any time a nation turns away from God, you can expect eventually God can turn away from the nation. That doesn't mean that God won't save people. But ladies and gentlemen, if we want the blessing of God on our nation, we need our nation to turn to God. And the nation cannot turn to God if the church will not turn to God. The only hope for our nation is right here in places like this. Communities of faith that gather together, that worship God, that decide we will serve the Lord our God. People that will say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And as we serve the Lord, God's blessing comes upon this place. The Bible said that when the Messiah was co would come, it would be good news of great joy to all people. I don't know about you, but I could use some joy. Amen? And this will be a sign for you. You can find this baby. Praise God. They said the Messiah is born and you can find him. Some of us are like, where's the joy at? I can't find it. You just need to look for it. In fact, the thing that happened way back here is still with us today. Here's the message. The message in this situation is simply this. God is with us. God is with us. In one gospel writing, it said that we, he would be called Emmanuel, which being translated means God with us. Nothing shall be impossible with God, and God is with us. Ladies and gentlemen, it looks like some joy is happening here. It looks like some good news is being developed. God did not just put us out there and turn his back on us completely. God said, in this time, I'm sending Messiah to the world, and it's going to be for all the people. He said, it's going to be born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. You know what? People like us need Savior. Amen? We need a Savior. We need a Savior. And that Savior is not just Savior. He is the Messiah. He is also the Lord. He is Yahweh. He is Elohim. He is Adonai. He is the one who created everything. That God, the one that we want to get to know so bad, He has come. He is here with us. Amen. Nothing will be impossible with God. And God is with us. And then the angels weren't done. After they told the shepherds what happened, the Bible says that they could look up and it was almost as if the father took his hand and pu pulled the curtains back and they could see into the heavens. The Bible says, and suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God. There was a choir singing. There was praise. There was joy. There was worship. Praising God and saying what? Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is well pleased. Nothing shall be impossible with God. God is with us. And the message here is praise in the heavens and peace on earth. This is what your Christmas cards say. Peace on earth. Goodwill toward men. Glory to God. In the highest proclamation, 
faith, action. The Bible said, the angel said, let's, uh, let's go straight to Bethlehem then. Let's go see this thing that has happened which the Lord hath made known to us. Every time there's a proclamation from God, there is a necessity of a faith response. And in every faith response, there is action that follows that faith. There is simply no such thing as faith that has no action following. Because if there is no action following, the faith is dead, according to the gospel writer of James. So here we have it. Nothing's impossible with God. He's going to take a virgin woman and bring forth a son. And that son is not going to be just any son. He's going to be the son of God. He's going to be the Savior. He's going to be Christ, the Lord. Praise God. God is with us. Because of this, there's praise to God in the heavens and there's peace on earth. Praise God. Merry Christmas. There's peace on earth. My question is, why is there no peace on earth, though? I mean, why are we not experiencing what the angels were singing about? Maybe during Christmas time, folks are a little bit nicer to each other. But all in all, even in our country, and even amongst some Christians, there's not peace. And I got to thinking about why that was. Y'all believe that nothing shall be impossible with God? Do y'all believe that God's with us? Do you believe it's God's plan to provide peace for us? What's gone wrong? Jesus came. He was the Messiah. He was presenting himself to Israel. And you know what happened? Very soon after Jesus' public ministry, something big happened that changed the narrative from the peace coming to earth to division coming to the earth. Jesus made a statement in his hometown. He read from the scroll of Isaiah, said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel. And the Bible says the people of his hometown wanted to throw him off a cliff and kill him. And as you move through the gospel of Luke and the narrative of Jesus' life, you find out as he began to work the works of God, people began to resist him. Here's the problem. Jesus finally said this. In Luke chapter 12, do you suppose that I came to grant peace on earth? I tell you no, but rather division. What in the world is that about? I thought the angel said peace on earth. Why do we go from peace on earth to Jesus say, no, now there's going to be division? You know why? There's only one reason. It's because of the unbelief of people. Unbelief creates division. And see, here where we are in 2020 and beyond, if you're going to be a Christ follower, you can expect people who are just a little bit in and a little bit out to maybe not agree with every conviction that you have. Ladies and gentlemen, the peace on earth has been disrupted. And when Jesus said this in Luke chapter 12, he goes on to say that they're going to be in the same family, people that are going to be divided from each other. And we're like, Jesus... A nice guy like you wouldn't do that. Excuse me. Jesus never said he was coming to be nice. He said, I'm coming to be king of kings and Lord of lords. And Jesus came in order to save us from our sins. But ladies and gentlemen, our sins are going to separate us from him. 
And people are divided. You see, the Israelites were, were in a place of oppression and darkness because they turned their back on God. They did not believe. And if you have the proclamation of God in your soul and you turn away from it, there will be division in your soul. And I'm sorry to tell you this, but there's always going to be separation between truth and error. There will be division between darkness and light, right and wrong, holiness and sinfulness. There will be no merge of that. The problem in America today is in large measure we've turned the church into a business who's trying to use a business model and they're in, in, uh, involved in trying to get people in the church and, and get the budgets up and the buildings up and we have neglected to just simply obey the Word of God. And it's time for you and me to come back to that simple faith where we believe what God says and we're saying we're going to do what God says and come what may. You can expect it. I've mentored a lot of young Christians in my life, and I always know when they start recognizing that not everybody is proud of their newfound faith because some people that used to like you and tolerate you and love you and run with you are not going to want to do so anymore. And you can expect people to say that you're just bigoted. And you can expect them to say that you're just judgmental. And they're going to say all kinds of things against you. They said it about Jesus. And Jesus said they hated me and they will hate you. Say, so how does that become peace? There's peace. Here's that phrase. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. You see that? There's a condition. Peace is available, but here's the condition. When I got to thinking about whom, among whom he is pleased, I thought about this. Jesus being baptized and, the, and the, the voice said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then you go to Hebrews chapter 11 and you say, without faith it is impossible to please him. Here's the deal. If you want the peace of God, you have to believe. And believing is not just saying, I think it happened. Faith is belief and trust. It's way different. Let me give you an illustration. I have a lot of these because there's a, a lot of difference in saying, I believe something can happen or I believe something might be true and actually applying it and doing it. And I got an illustration yesterday. Before I came to the church, my wife was, uh, she left her phone in the car that I was driving, and I knew she'd want her phone. And so she was visiting my parents next door, visiting my father next door. And uh, so I just got out of my driveway and drove up to the alleyway, you know, to hand off the phone and then come on to church. Now, I have a car that's got a screen that has a camera that tells me what's going on as I back up. And I believe that camera is accurate, but I don't trust it. I'm the kind of person that if I'm going backwards to look at this thing, everything in me is screaming. In my mind, I'm running over everything that's back there. There's a camera. 
seen Blake do this. He gets there, he parallel parks with it. I can't parallel park anything. Some of my friends in Mexico, they can parallel park a tank in a place where a Yugo could fit. I can't do it. I don't trust the mirrors. I don't trust the camera. But I'm in this alley, and I'm thinking, I'm going to back this thing out. I'm just going to practice. And while I'm backing up, I'm watching, and it shows you when you're going one way or the other, which I do. Everything inside of me is screaming out, look back, look back, look back. Well, I, I managed not to do it, and I didn't run over anybody. But I learned something. It's different to say you believe it works and to trust it that it will work. If you say that you believe Jesus is God and that he's alive from the dead, and you believe his words that say, do not fear. And if you believe his words that say, I'm the resurrection and the life and no one comes to the Father but through me. And if you believe that he has come to give you life and that to the full, then believing it is one thing, trusting it is another. Today I'm calling you to faith, which is belief and trust. I'm calling on the church today to go into the next year. Let's fall back in the arms of Jesus because he is there. I heard a story one time about a man that was an uh, expert on a high wire and he could get on a, a little uh, bicycle and ride across the high wire and he did it across uh, um, Niagara Falls. And this was back in the early 1900s and everybody saw him do that and, he, and they were amazed and they were, the crowd was cheering. He, he went back and forth on a high wire. There's the falls there and it was very dangerous. He gets back down and he's talking to the folks and he says, I think what I'll do is I'm going to take a wheelbarrow and I'm going to put the wheelbarrow on the high wire and I'm going to take somebody across and back. Do you all believe I can do that? And everybody said, yes, I believe that. He says, okay, how about you? It's really different to say, yeah, I think he can do it and getting into the barrel. Guys, we're looking into the next year. We have no idea what it's going to be. But Jesus Christ is already there. So get in the barrel. Nothing shall be impossible with God because God is with us. And when God is with us, there is peace among us. Let's believe him.